The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. This is Galen McDowell, and I'm your host of Truth Transforms on Unity Online Radio. I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Um, I know I'm on probably about a a second or so later than usual, but we're going to make it up and do what we need to do. Uh, so with, I'm in the midst of a series called secrets of the millionaire mind. And I think this series is really important because hopefully you bought the book and you're starting to realize just how important the psychology of prosperity is the psychology of wealth. It's one thing to talk about, um, all of the nuts and bolts things that everybody needs to do to be responsible with money, have a budget or financial plan, be able to make sure that you are, um, you know, you have safety nets like emergency funds and, you know, things in your savings to make sure you have investments and, and all of those things. All those things are extremely important. But what T. Harv Ecker is saying is the psychology in which you do whatever you're doing will determine the actions you take. So you can have all the right information and not do anything with it. You can have all the right information and still make poor choices. You can have all the right information and still don't think that you deserve uh, wealth, prosperity, and well-being. And in a real way, turn your life uh, upside down when it comes to money, wealth, and financial freedom. Because even though you might have the job, you might have the business, you might have the career, you might have the circumstances that should allow you to experience wealth. What will end up happening in a real way is you can, we can subconsciously sabotage ourselves because of poverty thinking. So even if the outer circumstances temporarily are showing one thing, if your psychology is somewhere else, Again, you can have 
a certain level of wealth and then spend it all and spend more than you make because the psychology of building wealth isn't there. The psychology of money, the psychology of prosperity, everything begins in the mind. Psychogenesis, as uh, Jack Addington used to say, he wrote a book called Psychogenesis. Everything begins in the mind. We have to really literally look at how does life begin in the mind as it when it concerns my money. It concerns everything. But what are my core beliefs around money? What are my core beliefs around wealth? What are my core beliefs around financial independence? What are my core beliefs around creating a safety net so I can make sure we can make sure you you can make sure that you have what you need to do what you need to do. So I'm currently in this in the, the section called the wealth files and I've already covered a couple of wealth files for a while and we'll be on this wealth files for a while because I think it's it's important that we go from uh, you know, do what we need to do anyway. So I've talked about three of the wealth files already, and it was something that I really wanted to kind of go back over again, uh, which, which is, um, wealth file number three, uh, rich people are committed to being rich. Poor people want to be rich. And I love this statement, not because, again, he's criticizing people who don't, quote unquote, have certain things or whatever, because we went through that over the first couple of shows. And I might read it again just really fast, just so we can make sure that we're clear. Page 52. This is what he says, his caveats. Number one, I do not believe that rich people are better than poor people. They're just richer. That's important to understand. Second. When I discuss rich, poor, and middle-class people, what I am referring to is their mentality, how different folks think and act rather than the actual amount of money they've got or their value to society. Again, this doesn't make a person better or worse or be more valuable or not. He's talking about the psychology of wealth. Third, I will be generalizing big time. I understand that not all rich not all rich and not all poor people are the way I'm describing them to be. Again, my objective is to make sure you get the point of each principle and use it. That's really important. And fourth, for the most part, I will not be referring to the middle class specifically because middle class people usually have a mix of rich and poor mentalities. So he's doing a contrast between the way rich people think and the way poor people think. And, and he's, according to his opinion, middle class kind of had, they have a blend of both. All right. Fifth, several of the principles in this section may appear to deal more with habits and actions than ways of thinking. Remember, our actions come from our feelings, which come from our thoughts. Consequently, every rich action is preceded by a rich way of thinking. Finally, I'm going to ask you to be willing to let go of being right. What I mean by this, be willing to let go of having to do it your way. Why? Because your way has gotten you exactly what you've got right now. If you want more of the same, keep doing it your way. If you're not rich, however, maybe it's time to consider a different way, especially one that comes from someone who is really, really rich and has put thousands of others on the road to wealth, too. 
It is up to you. So I want to make sure I covered that again. And I might do that week after week after week because I want to make sure that people understand that I'm not saying that people who have more money are better than people who don't. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is people who have more money than people who don't have more money than people who don't. And if you want more money, if you want to develop wealth, if you want greater prosperity, if you want financial independence, then it makes sense to study not only the techniques of the wealthy, but the psychology of the wealthy and get over the, the, the hiccup that all people, all wealthy people are greedy or, or don't care about you know, the environment or don't care about this, that, and the other. It's only about the dollar. No, money just exposes more of who you are, or who you aren't from a character standpoint. And, and in a real way, there are people who are doing things in communities that would be considered criminal or lacking integrity because of the lack of money. And they make up a story because I don't have money. I'm going to be a criminal or sell drugs or rob people or or whatever. You know, there are a lot of things that are happening in around the world right now because people are making up the story that because they experience poverty, they have to choose to be a criminal. And that's not necessarily, that's not the case. I'm going to say necessarily the case. It's not the case. But that's the story that's going around. So it's not where it's just one way of thinking where people automatically, it's all about the money for that person. No, it's people who don't have money that are always focused on money and it's all about the dollar for them. And they'll lie, cheat, steal to get it, manipulate or whatever. So got that out of the way. So on page 69, and this is the wealth principle. Again, rich people are committed to being rich. Poor people want to be rich. He said he talks about wanting. And now this is his standpoint of trying to drill down the difference between being committed to wealth and wanting wealth, being committed to wealth and wanting wealth. Again, he says, page 69, let's explore this further. There are actually three levels of so-called wanting. The first level is I want to be rich. That's another way of saying I'll take it if it falls on my lap. Wanting alone is useless. Have you ever noticed that wanting doesn't necessarily lead to having? Notice also that wanting without having leads to more wanting. Wanting becomes habitual and leads only to itself, creating a circle that that goes actually nowhere. Wealth does not come from merely wanting it. How do you know it's true? With a simple reality check. Billions of people want to be rich. Relatively few are. Now, I think this is a really important part because people say, I want to be rich. You know, like, okay, if all the circumstances line up and the ducks are lined up and, and, you know, and I don't have to do well beyond what I'm doing right now, then, okay, yeah, I would would love to be rich. But that's not commitment. And the feeling of wanting creates experiences of wanting. 
this is why in New Thought, we always have people make I am affirmations and affirm in the present tense because it's, 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 a, it's an affirmation and a declaration of knowingness. What you're seeking is the knowing or the understanding or the realization of, of, of I am committed to being rich to the place to where you can say I am rich, or, I am prosperity, or, I am wealth. And you might say, well, I'm not there yet. But what you're doing is building the psychology that makes the commitment because you can be make the commitment without the psychology of the commitment. In other words, can you be in absolute integrity around building wealth, just like you can be around absolute integrity with being married? You know, it, you know, a monogamous marriage means I'm committed to it. Not like I want to be monogamous. No. A person who says I want to be monogamous most likely is giving themselves an out not to be monogamous. But when you're committed to being monogamous, it's a different conversation. It's the same thing with wealth. I commit to being wealthy. I commit to being rich. Versus I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Yeah, you know. And, I, you know, and, I, and, you know, and I want to visit this or I want to do that. But until I commit to making it happen, it doesn't happen. You know, you can say, well, I want to take my my children to Disney World. OK, but when you get committed to taking your children to Disney World, now you're in action. Now you're saving the money. Now you're on the Internet looking for the deals. Now you're doing the things that you need to do to make sure that it happens. There's a big difference between wanting and committing. People who are committed to losing weight versus people who say, I want to lose weight. A lot of people say they want to lose weight. Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. They're not serious. They're not committed to it. It's one of the reasons, you know, as, as a uh, martial artist, it's one of the reasons why I love the uh, belt ranking system. When you walk into uh, a dojo, which is Japanese, or uh, a kun, which is Chinese, in other words, a play, uh, uh, dojang in Korean, you're walking into a space of learning. A lot of people will start, but very few people will get the black belt or the equivalent. There are some people who are committed to being a black belt. There's some other people who just want to be a black belt. So you see the different colors, the white and the yellow and the green and the blue and, the, you know, red or whatever, whatever the brown, whatever the, you know, colors are. You don't see that many blacks, not in a, not in a, let me just say this, not in those, in, in a reputable martial arts school. You know, you seeing, you know, six year olds and seven year olds with black belts, you know, I cringe when I walk in the door, but that's just me in personal opinion. Anyway, the point is. Even if you have a white belt on, if you're committed to being a black belt, yeah, you're going to show up. Yeah, you're going to do the practices. Yeah, you're going to practice when you're home. Yeah, you're going to stretch. Yeah, you're going to test. Yeah, you're going to take some losses. Yeah, you're going to learn the hard way. And if you're committed to being a black belt, you're going to stick it out. Because you have to see yourself as a black belt when you're wearing the white belt. And you have to see yourself wealthy and prosperous when the bank account doesn't say it right now. 
but you're you're shifting the psychology and becoming committed to it. Then he says the second level of warning is I choose to be rich. Still on page 69. This entails deciding to become rich. Choosing is a much stronger energy and goes hand in hand with being responsible for creating your reality. The word decision comes from the Latin word desardere, which means to kill off any other alternatives. Choosing is better but not the best. So it is good to choose because when you choose something, what you're basically saying is I'm consciously, I'm consciously seeking to create a possibility. Okay. When you choose something, you're selecting something. When you're choosing something, you are, because choice can be two things. Choice can be, can be, the selection of something that is already present or already exists, or you can also choose something that doesn't exist. So it's stronger than want. The third level of wanting is I commit to being rich. The definition of the word commit is to devote oneself, oneself unreservedly. This means holding absolutely nothing back, giving 100% of everything you've got to achieve wealth. It means being willing to do whatever it takes as long as it takes. Let me add legally, this is the warrior's way. No excuses, no it's, ifs, no buts, no maybes, and failure is not an option. The warrior's way is simple. As I said last week, I will be rich or I will die trying. Like the, the 50 Cent movie, he said, get rich or die trying. The movie came out some years ago. And even though that movie has some other elements involved in it, the point was legally, responsibly, and with integrity, go all out. If you desire to be financially free, to, to be wealthy, to, to, to be rich, whatever that definition means for you, because you know, because the being rich can be also be dependent on where you live and what your expenses are to live where you live. It takes a lot more money to live in Chicago than it will it, than it does in some areas in, in southern United States. You know, I know some people who have homes in Mississippi that are mansions. If they lived up, if they lived in Chicago. That home would cost four times as much, maybe five, because they're out in the Delta on their family property and they built the house, et cetera. So so for them in the area that they are in, the level of money they have allows them to live a life almost like a, a person who would be rich in a large metropolitan area. And obviously people who are listening to this show around the world might be in situations where where uh, they might be surrounded by levels of poverty. And so I don't know what rich means to you. What what I'm saying rich and wealthy is, first of all, is the psychology. Or uh, Johnny Coleman used to always tell us prosperity is a state of mind. It's a rich state of mind. How she would have said rich state of mind. But more importantly, I look at it as freedom. Freedom. Many of us don't make the decisions that we want to make. We feel constricted about what we can and can't do solely based upon the lack of money. You want to help 
a loved one, family member, you want to support your parents, you want to send your kids to a particular school, uh, you know, medical decisions are being made because insurance will cover this and won't cover that. People are spending money on medicine versus food or vice versa. You know, and people are, are, you know, sometimes trying to figure out how to make it to the fro with, you know, automobiles that, you know, don't, you know, don't have heat or don't have air and they're in hot areas. They or barely runs or when they crank it, they, they pray before they turn the ignition. All of those are lack of money dis, uh, choices and decisions. And we can live above those things. I really believe it. And you can say, well, you know, I'm not in an area in a position where I can make that type of money. Well, what I would say to you is this affirmation that Reverend Ike used to say. God, give me a money making idea. He would pray it. He would tell people to pray that prayer. God, give me a money making idea. Now, I'm going to add an affirmation to it. God, give me a rich money-making idea. Why? Because you can a money-making idea could be $50, $100, $5,000. You want the idea. You can say, God, give me a million-dollar idea. God, give me a multi-million-dollar idea. And then you just rest in it. And then you rest in it 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 and you might pray that prayer. You might pray that prayer for a month. You might pray that prayer for months as your consciousness is is being refined to the place to where you can even accept the idea. I really want you to get that. Where your consciousness can be refined to the place to where you can even accept the idea of God give me a multi-million dollar idea. And what does that look like for you? And really allow that to land. Really allow that to land. I want to give people an opportunity to, to call in and ask questions. If you want, you can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251. 2513555 now getting back to it so getting committed matters so he says the third again the third level is i will be rich or die trying cuz i commit to being rich he says try saying that to yourself i commit to being rich I commit to being rich. I commit to being rich. This is what I would suggest. Get a pen and paper. And over the next 21 days, write out, and you can go get one of these little spiral things from Walgreens or, or any regular store where you can just get like a spiral notepad, notepad with paper and just write down for the full page. I commit to being rich. God give me a million dollar idea or multi-million dollar idea, whichever one you like better. 
I commit to being rich. God gave me a multi-million dollar idea. I commit to being rich. God gave me a multi-million dollar idea. And for 21 straight days, write that out for the full page. And then, and then once you write it out, affirm it. So, another, so you can do it this way. This is what I would suggest. You write it out, affirm it. 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 And as you do, and you know, I don't know how many, you know, depending on type of paper you get, but, you know, you might end up making that affirmation 25 or 30 times, depending on the, you know, uh, the margins in the paper that allows you to write on them. But what you're doing is you're affecting your psychology in a couple of ways. One, obviously, you're affirming it. Two, you're thinking about it because you're writing it. And three, it's sensory because you're actually taking action. You're actually writing it out. Uh, Catherine Ponder uses this method and talks about it and open your mind to prosperity. Writing, I think it's writing your way to prosperity. What I'm doing is blending two of those methods together. She has one where you affirm and she talks about another where you write. Let's blend them together. So for those who are willing to take it on, I want you again to write for 21 straight days on paper and you audibly affirm. You just don't think it. You write out, I commit to being rich. God give me a multi-million dollar idea and then affirm it. Then write the second line and then affirm it. Then write the third line. And then affirm it and so on and so on and so on until you run out of paper. 21 straight days. And if you're willing to take on the 21 day challenge, this is what I want you to do. I, I'm on my my uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Facebook page, which is the easiest way to get in contact with me. I want you to to inbox me and let me know that you're doing it and because I want to follow up after the 21 days. I want you, I want to hear some feedback on your psychology. So again, on Facebook, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Okay, don't go to my personal page. I won't pay attention to it. So it looks like it's almost about time for me to, is it time for me to take my, take the break? I'm looking at a different time here. So I'm going to take this break and I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment by Ed McShane, a coach for your heart. I listen to the thought for the day from Homeboy Industries often, and I caught a quote that Greg Boyle used in one of his former talks. He said, only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of changing the world. But I got hung up on the meaning of the word ventilate as it applies to this passage. It means to cause air to enter and circulate freely. When we ventilate the world with tenderness, we circulate the oxygen of love. Ventilation holds our soul in place. So apply it to the little things, moment to moment. Go back to your breath every time you approach annoyance and upset and breathe understanding and patience. Ventilate the world in front of you, and it will change for the better moment by moment, person to person, from one breath to the next. To find out more about A Coach for Your Heart, visit acoachforyourheart.com. Hello, this is Andrew Harvey, and I'd like to invite you to join me next February on a pilgrimage to the artistic, historical and spiritual soul of North India. Or journey to the Sacred Heart of Sri Lanka with us next March and explore the healing depths of Buddhist traditions, meditation and art. Both are trips for mind, body and spirit. Learn more at sacredearthjourneys.ca Ready to roll the dice? Check out the new intention dice from Unity. Five dice, different colors, each with words that can prompt you to set an intention for the day, create an affirmation, or journal your thoughts. Roll the green die for abundance and see what comes up. Enriched, worthy, generous. Blue for health. Energetic, whole, radiant. Five dice, limitless possibilities for your life. Find them at unity.org dice. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I just want to cover a couple of quick things before I uh, go back to the show. To teaching, I want to remind you yet again that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, uh, my request is that you go to UnityOnlineRadio.org or the shortcut Unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry so it can continue to support people around the world because every place does not necessarily have access to this type of teaching. And we're 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 being um, listened to in every continent. And it's really important that people have an opportunity to transform their consciousness. But they have to be exposed to the information. You know, yes, God is in them. But if they don't know God is in them, if they don't know that there's uh, there are spiritual principles that govern the universe, if they don't understand it, everything begins in the mind. 
But you can't change anything until you change the psychology. Actions change when minds change. If they don't understand that process and people are using their own personal or or social or political um, ideologies to suppress people or religious ideologies to suppress people, then they can't have freedom. What the New Thought Movement is about when it's all said and done is the same thing that Jesus was talking about. You know, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change your mind. You know, believe in this good news. It's the same thing. The kingdom of God is within you. Same thing. You know, the same thing as the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, Don't be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. It's the same message. I want to remind you again about uh, Christ Universal Temple, uh, Christ Universal Temple's digital app, which is called Christ Universal Digital, which is found in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. You can connect with uh, us, connect to the live stream, which is also for our service, which is 1030 a.m. until noon on Sundays, Central Time. And you can also watch that live stream on YouTube under the CU Temple page, CU and the word Temple together, or the website, www.cutemple.org. Going back to the app, we have now on the app the Coleman Archives, which we're adding to, which are archives of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman sermons. For $4 and $97 a month, you can have access to this growing catalog of archived sermons. You don't want to miss it. She was, without a doubt, in my opinion, the giant of the last half of the 21st century when it comes to new thought. Without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. And she also did receive the Joseph Murphy Award in 2000 from the International New Thought Alliance, basically celebrating just how much of a luminary she was and is. Anyway, I also want to remind you that the Panorama of Truth conference is happening on uh, July 17th to the 21st. We have a lot of uh, well-known speakers, Susan Taylor, Danny, the actor Danny Glover. We have uh, uh, Dr. Will Coleman, who's been on the show several times. We have um, Ellen Grace O'Brien, who was just on the show maybe a month and a half ago or so now. And many more. We, we're having a tribute to the Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, who was the second president of the Universal Foundation for Better Living. We have this concert just added with uh, this group, Ashe from Jamaica, and they're phenomenal performers. So make sure you check it out. Go to ufbl.org, and, and if you would like to join us, please do. I'll also be at the International New Thought Alliance from June, which starts July, excuse me, July 22nd to the 26th. I'll be speaking on the 25th. So if you're in the Nashville area or want to come to the Nashville area to be around some new thought teachers, ministers and practitioners talking about what new thought needs to do. It's more of an intimate, smaller, intimate setting. So you can really get an opportunity to know people and, you know, and develop relationships. Finally, I'm preaching this Sunday at Christ Universal Temple. I'm teaching the Sermon on the Mount. I'm teaching the Beatitudes and 
I think it would be great for you to either, if you're in the Chicagoland area, come and check us out at Christ Universal Temple, 11901 South Ashton Avenue, or watch it again live online, again at at the website, cutemple.org, the apps, Christ Universal Digital, or our YouTube page, which is uh, under C, the page CU Temple. So I think I covered all the stuff I was supposed to cover. Now, let's get back to teaching. And again, if you want to call in, you can call in at 816-251-3555. All right. Page 70. He goes on talking about when people say, of course, I want to be rich. But then he talks about the difference between wanting and commitment. He says, some might say, Harv, what are you talking about? I work my butt off. I'm trying to I'm trying real hard. Of course I'm committed to being rich. And I will reply that your trying means little. The definition of commitment is devote is to devote oneself unreservedly. The key word is unreservedly, which means you're putting everything, and I mean everything you've got into it. Now I will add this. Everything you haven't if you put maximum effort with wrong psychology and wrong technique will not necessarily get you the result you desire. So this is why he's starting off with the psychology. There's some people who, uh, you know, are working three jobs just to make it. And there's, and so I don't want to belittle that, but we're talking about the psychology and the techniques. It makes a difference. And putting, what does it mean to go all in to, okay, I'm going to read I'm going to read one book a month or, you know, if you're really all out, let me just let me just be honest about this. If you're really all out, you really have to step up your research game. You know, you're listening to financial experts. You're reading the books. You might say you might not be in a space with right now financially where you can go hire someone. But what you can do is take a look. You can, you know, Go print out a budget list like they have with, um, you know, Dave Ramsey has this budget, zero, zero base budget. You can print out and put all your expenses in. Start recognizing where's your money going? How are you utilizing it? Is there anything you need to do differently? Can you pinch some, something off to be able to start um, saving and investing and doing some different things with your money? Um, how are you being reckless with your money? How are you being impulsive with your money? All these things uh, deal with the psychology of money, and it's really important that that's understood. Yeah, you know. So, so to make a long story short, what he's talking about when he says being committed is first of all you got to be committed to the psychology of it, and and then your effort will be maximized. All right. Next paragraph, he says, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but getting rich is not a stroll in the park. And anyone who tells you it is, is either it is either knows a heck of a lot more than me or is a little out of integrity. In my experience, this is key. In my experience, getting rich takes focus, courage, knowledge, expertise, 100 percent of your effort. A never give up attitude, and of course, a rich mindset. Let's just deal with that for a moment. 
Getting rich takes focus. I'm going to use a different word. Concentration. Allowing your mind to focus or concentrate on a thing means that you keep your attention on that which it is that you desire and you're committed to producing. I tell people all the time, you've heard me say this on this show before. The key to this teaching is changing your mind and keeping it changed. Anybody can change their mind. Keeping it changed is a different conversation. Sometimes you have to do, you have to practice focus. Let me give you an example. There are times that I'll just do just off a general principle. I'll say, I'm going to the gym every day for 30 days, no matter what. Now, I'm not an everyday gym workout person. The practice isn't just for me to get healthier. The practice is actually for me also an honoring of my word. I said I'm going to go every day. So there have been days, literally, where I've been working all day. I got up doing stuff in and out of taking care of whatever I need to take care of. And it's 1130 at night and I'm on the treadmill at the gym. When I make those commitments, I have to, before I close my eyes and go to sleep, that commitment has to be kept. That's focus. Now, I don't know what your commitment, but you can start off with little things. Uh, for the next three days, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read this amount of stuff every day. Uh, for the next seven days, I'm before I get out of before I get out of bed, I'm going to, or before I, you know, start my day, getting in the bath or shower and brushing my teeth and getting dressed, I'm gonna take 15 minutes for prayer and meditation. I'm gonna read the daily word, a daily inspiration, a science of mind. I'm gonna pray and meditate on, or I'm a journal, or I'm a whatever. But I don't know what it is, but find something that's small that can give you some wins with your word. People need wins with their word. Why? Because when if you keep saying you're going to do things and you don't do it, you start to doubt yourself. You know you're not going to do it. That's you know sometimes when I I'm talking to people and I'm just going to be honest, this, and this might be a fault, but it's but it's it's but I own it. I'm listening to people and I know that they don't keep commitments to themselves and others. And I'm just listening to them. They're telling me, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm like, okay. Okay. And then I watch. And 99% of the time, it's not done. Because it's easy to commit verbally and not with your actions. So you got to learn how to develop the focus that allows you to develop your concentration muscle so you can keep your mind on what it is you say you're going to do and do it. That skill is required to produce wealth. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keeping the main thing the main thing. If your focus is compromised, so will your success be compromise or your success will be compromised if your if your focus is comp- compromised your success will be compromised 
Because how are you going to produce consistent results when your focus is compromised? Then it says courage. Why is that necessary? Because you're going to encounter your own fears as you seek to improve. It doesn't make a difference what it is that you're doing. When you're stepping into the unknown, there's some natural human fear. There's going to be some inner resistance and there's going to be some outer resistance. So you have to be courageous. You have to be able to go forward and do what needs to be done even when it sometimes scares you. This is why the I can't remember the woman who wrote the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Because she understood that only through taking the action do you overcome the fear. It makes a difference. Only by taking the action do you will you overcome the fear. So you know, when 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 you're working with overcoming a fear, it makes a difference. You know, when 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 I was a kid, I had a, I used to take a swim class, and I was like six years old. I had a really bad experience, you know, with being in the deep and almost whatever. And for a while, I had issues around going in deep water when I was swimming. I was like, my feet have to touch the ground. Like literally, the school teachers had to jump in the in the swimming pool. And pull me out. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what. I don't even remember how I got in the deep like that. To be honest with you, because I was so young. But I, I, I really remember being basically at the bottom of the deep, on the end of the pool, and and a man and a woman, young man and woman, pulled me out of the pool. And then my dad, who was a great swimmer, and my older brother, a great swimmer, younger brother, one of my younger brothers, great swimmer, they were swimming, whatever, and then they were like, oh, he's going to throw you in the water. And I hated that. When I got older, I realized I got to get over this because I, I like swimming, but I want to enjoy the experience. So I had to, you know, you know, thank goodness I went to a high school that, uh, that has swimming as a part of the curriculum. So I was like, I'm going to relearn this process over again. Why was that important? Now, I could have went back to the six-year-old fear of, you know, of being in the deep end of the pool and going under the water and allowed that to dictate how I engage with swimming for the rest of my life. Or you got to change it up. You got to change it up. It makes a difference. All right. So he says it also takes knowledge. Again, you got to have some understanding. You got to have principles. You got to have techniques. You got to know what is it, you know, what is it that wealthy people are doing with their money, with their time, with their energy, et cetera, and that makes a difference, which switches over to expertise. The expertise matters. The expertise matters. The expertise matters. He goes on to say, 100% of your effort. Let me go back to expertise for a minute. Because yet again, expertise can look like doing things that make that get you the best results. And, you know, I'm a big, big basketball fan, NBA basketball fan. And 
one of the things when it comes to expertise that I love about the NBA is their their better best their good better best ways of doing things. And then there's some people who don't do things well and they don't get the consistent results because they won't change the way they do things. As a Chicago Bulls fan, I was a big fan uh, when he was healthy of Joakim Noah. But Joakim Noah couldn't shoot properly because he had this crazy way he shoots the ball and makes the ball spin an awkward way, which means you know he could hit all net or he can hit the backboard and miss the rim. So he was never going to be a high-percentage shooter, decent shooter, but never be a high percentage shooter because of the spin of the ball. It's the expertise to doing things right. You know, I, I, I've jokingly said to some of my friends that some of these modern basketball players who can't shoot free throws should just go back to shooting free throws like Rick Barry did in the, in the 70s, uh, who shot 90% from the free throw lane, and he would put the ball between his lap and he would underhand toss it up. And people say, I don't want to look like a goofy. But it's expertise to it. It's amazing to me that people don't research what works best. What works best? Like, okay, if my form is this, if I dribble like that, if I do this, that, and the other, then I'll get these consistent results. Not perfect results, but consistent results. It's a, it's an expertise game. I was I was just having a conversation with another minister a few days ago, and one of the things that we were talking about was how easy it is to make people think that standing in front of a large group of people and preaching a sermon or giving a lecture or a speech is easy, and it's not. Especially preaching because it's it's not it's not casual. You know, people are waiting for you to say, "Thus said the Lord." It's an expertise to preaching. There's an expertise to teaching a class. There's an expertise to doing seminars. Being a public presenter is not an easy thing. But it, but the great ones make it look easy. The great basketball players make it look easy. The great football players make it look easy. The people who are great at producing wealth make it look easy. It's not easy. They make it look easy. Back to the book. He goes on to say, 100% of your effort. Okay, like, what are you willing to sacrifice? I'm not talking about your family. I'm not saying don't, don't, you know, don't spend time with your spouse or your children and your mama or daddy and all that other stuff. You, you, that's, a, that's a tight rope that you always have to negotiate to make sure that they're getting what they need. But it takes 100% effort to make sure it's where it needs to be, where it needs to be. Like real talk, like how bad do I want this? Les Brown used to say, you got to be hungry, hungry. He would say like, he really emphasized the hungry part. Why? Because he knew that it, that it takes high level effort. Amazingly. So he, let me, let me rephrase this. Let's tell stories about starting off as a speaker. He was a uh, a minister for us, the Universal Foundation for Better Living, went down to Miami, created this big, nice movement where he wasn't even doing regular church services. He was having classes 
presentations and was and developed this gigantic crowd and then realized he wasn't the minister type and walked away from it. Now, I don't know if, you know, that's necessarily true or not. That's not the point of the story. So he decided to become a motivational preacher, teacher, and he had to, or speaker, and he had to start from scratch. He tells the stories about sleeping in his office and being told by security that you can't sleep in your office. In the office building where he had his office, you know, he tells stories about showing up at uh, Jack Bowen's church, which was the church of, the t- of today, formerly in Warren, Michigan. Now it's Renaissance Unity with tapes with rubber bands around them because he didn't have cases. But he was like, I'm going to make the- I can get these tapes made, but I can't get cases for them. And just showing up committed to becoming wealthy through motivational speaking. And now that same person who was sleeping in his office, that same person who was showing up with cassette tapes, that same person who, who when he was learning metaphysics at Christ universal temple will tell anyone that he had, that life had crashed on him. He went through some, some stuff that he had to deal with. And when he came to church, Johnny said, hey, you know, you know, go to the bookstore, get you some books. And he said he he packed up about 300 books and dollars worth of books in his in, in a bag. That he had clothes in. He took the clothes out the bag and put books in them. He was committed to being to getting it. He he, he knew that if he can get this message because he saw heard about Johnny Coleman in Ebony magazine, came to Chicago to see what she was about. Moved to Chicago and stayed with one of her Johnny Coleman Institute teachers. He he would say, I washed her car. I cleaned her home while I was learning this stuff. Because he was committed to getting it. Because he knew it was going to be the difference between what he was producing and what he wanted to produce. He had already had successes. And then bumped into some hiccups in life. And I'm sharing this publicly because this is stuff he said publicly. Well, I wouldn't share it. But I really want you to get what that means, that 100% commitment. He's living in a, a woman's house, washing her car, and cleaning her home so he, can t- so he can just concentrate on getting the classes. So then it says, a never-give-up attitude, which goes on to that 100% mind effort. Never give up. I'm going forward. And then, of course, a rich mindset. So I want to end with this quote on page 71. You know what? I'm not going to end with that. I'm going to pick it up from there next week because I want to make sure. I don't want to read it and then jump off of it that fast. So there's a few other things I want to talk about on page 71 that I think need to be addressed. So. Let me say this as, as we close, because we only got about a minute left. It's really important to understand what it means to develop this psychology of wealth. I want to go back to the homework assignment I gave you. I commit to being rich. God give me a multi-million dollar idea. And what that means. I commit to being rich. 
God give me a multi-million dollar idea. Write it out on a sheet of paper after you write the line, affirm it, then write the next line, then affirm it, write the next line, then affirm it, write the next line, then affirm it, write the next line, then affirm it. I commit to being rich. God give me a million, give me a multi-million dollar idea. And just affirm it and affirm it and affirm it and affirm it and affirm it for 21 straight days. Write it out, affirm it, each line. You're developing a psychology of wealth. It works if you work it. So let's work it. Uh, Next week, I'll be with you with Truth Transforms, just just so you know, on the 17th and the 24th, because I'll be traveling or at these conferences. I won't have shows on those days. So just FYI, so make sure you stay plugged in so we can do what we need to do. And make sure you get the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. God bless you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.